Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community, where we focus on Magic Arena. This week is a solo episode, so it's just me on the podcast, but I've got a few things to chat about. It's basically a War of the Spark recap episode. So if you didn't know, I was part of the Early Access Streamer event on April 23rd. Wizards of the Coast sponsored me, gave me a fully loaded account to play War of the Spark on Magic Arena before anyone else. Well, after the good folks of Loading Ready Run, but before almost everyone else. Me and like 900 other streamers all over the world logged into Magic Arena for 24 hours and we played as much as we wanted. We got access to every single card that was revealed and like 200 and something thousand gems to play as much sealed as we wanted. I wonder how much those gems translate into real money. Beforehand, I was looking at the cards and crafting some decks, and I wanted to do a few meme decks. I wanted to do some monocolor decks focused on each of the gods of the set. I ended up focusing on one throughout the event, a mono-white Oketra-focused cat deck. That was the main deck that I played that I had fun with when I was playing Constructed. I also played some Sealed. I think I did pretty bad on Sealed. I was still trying to wrap my head around uh, Sealed with War of the Spark. But after I've played it in my regular streams, Saturdays, 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Pacific Time at gaming.youtube.com slash vmcomposjr, I feel I've gotten better at Limited at War of the Spark. In total, I played 58 games of Magic, and I had a 44% win rate with the games that mattered. So in total, I won about 24 times. I played a little Direct Challenge, Sealed, Constructed. And with Constructed, I feel I had a good result when I played this mono-white Oketra deck. So here's what it was. 16 planes, 4 interplanar beacons, you gain some life when you summon a planeswalker, 4 Karn's Bastion, you can proliferate if you've got the mana for it. So this deck was trying to do a lot of fun weird stuff plus proliferate. So number 1, 4 Charmed Strays. I never got to live the meme of having all 4 Charmed Strays at once, I think I got 2, maybe 3. Well, those charm strays coupled with a Johnny's Pride Mate. Whenever you gain life, put a plus one. Okay, I got that to work a couple of times. The other part of this meme deck was Grateful Apparition. It's a 1-1 flyer for two. When it deals damage, proliferate. So I was trying to get a bunch of counters on these charm strays and a Johnny's Pride Mate. And then, you know, double them with Grateful Apparition. And even increase them with Marcher of the Cause. I had four of those. Whenever it dies, proliferate. So I had the Martyr, I had the Apparition, I had the Karn's Bastion that was going to help me proliferate to get some big kitties. It never quite got that impressive. Plus, I was only focusing on War of the Spark cards. So for removal, I had four Divine Arrows, deal four damage to target attacking or blocking creature, four Gideon's Triumph, Opponent sacrifices an attacking or blocking creature. They sacrifice two if I had a Gideon. That worked out pretty well. People were attacking me and I was able to just take out their creature. And especially when I had one of my four Gideon Blackblades. That was an amazing card. Only three casting cost. 
Mythic Rare Planeswalker uh, for loyalty. On your turn, it's a 4-4 indestructible human soldier. That's also a planeswalker. You can plus one to give another creature vigilance, lifelink, or indestructible. So giving Charmed Stray indestructible and having it attack, giving me lifelink and giving a plus one to a Johnny's Pride Mate was fun. And then minus six, exile a non-land permanent. So that was cool as well. One more removal. Not that great, but topple the statue for three mana instant tap target permanent. If it's an artifact, destroy it. That didn't come up too much, but it was useful here and there. Plus draw a card so you can kind of get ahead um, on that card advantage or at least mitigate it that it's a one for one trade. And lastly, the gem of the deck, God Eternal Oketra, four of those. So yes, I was doing four of every card except lands. And yes, it's overkill because sometimes you have dead cards in your hand, especially with the God Eternal. If it dies, it goes back to your deck. But I wanted to definitely get these mythics. Five mana, three six, double strike. And this was amazing. Every time you summoned a creature, you would get a four four black zombie with vigilance. And when it died, it would go back to your deck if you wanted, which you usually did. So that was the deck. 24 wins, 44% win rate. Uh, I was living the dream once in a while that this deck went off how I wanted and I was getting some beefy cats. And don't forget, even though there are only four cats in War of the Spark, the fifth honorary cat is God Eternal Oketra. She's also a cat. So it was a fun deck, not super powered. To improve it, I would add some other removal, you know, Conclave Tribunal, something else that exiles the opponent's things. Maybe some indestructibility. Take a stand, I believe, would do that. And that was my early access streamer event. Thank you so much, Wizards of the Coast, for hooking me up with that account and letting me stream a bunch of War of the Spark. Moving on to the pre-release. I went to a local game slash comic shop on Saturday the 27th. I went to... 138 Comics in Lemon Grove here in San Diego. Now, sadly, um, this was 138 Comics' last pre-release. They were they by the time you hear this episode, they've already shut down. They closed their doors, and they were open for about three years. It was a family-run business, and they didn't give too much explanation. They just said they had a good time being uh, a local comic and card shop, but it was time to pack it up. So they had a pre-release War of the Spark, and I went to it. I also went uh, with Stevie Roeder. Shout out to him. Check out his YouTube channel. We never got to play against each other, but the pre-release was still pretty cool. We crafted some fun decks. Uh, my record there was 2-2. Two and two. I won two games. I lost two games. Actually, I won two games that it was exactly 2-0 two to zero against my opponent, and I lost two games that was exactly 0-2. to two against my opponent. I played against Daniel, an older player. Uh, I shouldn't say older because we were about the same age. Okay, yeah, I'm old, whatever. Um, a contemporary player. He played also back in the 90s as well as me. And I beat him 2-0. to zero. My deck was a, a little too aggro for him, and I'll cover my deck in a moment. His was a little slower, so he couldn't quite keep up. Um, but it was still a cool game, a cool conversation with him. And uh, that was 2-0. to zero. Next, I played with Nathan, a younger player who knew magic pretty well, and I went 0-2 to two with him. Uh, 
I think the games were pretty close and he had a great grasp of the cards and he was getting a lot of great pulls and I was getting some good pulls. He was getting a lot of good draws and I was getting good draws. It just didn't quite go my way towards the end. I think he was able to control things pretty well and then I couldn't quite keep up. So props to him. Then I played against Billy the Kid, a pretty young player. I would say like nine years old, ten years old. But he knew the cards. He was doing very well. He had a really complicated board state. Bunch of planeswalkers. I couldn't quite handle them. And he was just able to get it all together. I would... Uh, slightly recommend to him maybe slow down a little bit you know let people absorb what's going on because it was kind of a complex board state but he handled it pretty well and uh he he zero twoed me so great job to him and lastly i played against ranson another younger player uh, he was much newer to magic, so he had to kind of ask for help. And I was glad to give him help and pause and give him advice about you should try this, you should try that, etc. He ended up uh, playing a Nicol Bolas Planeswalker. And when I overheard him on a previous match, uh, he was like, yeah, when you get Nicol Bolas, it's game over, man. Uh, well, not quite. I did have him on the ropes for a while. And when he... Um, took out Nikki B. He it wasn't really helpful. I didn't even have to target him. I just went straight for the face, took him out, and it ended up being two to zero against him. Now, uh, in all honesty, I did go a little easy on him, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything like that. But I believe that for newer players, it's very beneficial to play a little bit more at their level in the beginning. You know, not steamroll them. I had some cards that would have really just really been oppressive and all of that. And that's not fun for them, and it's not fun for me. So I held back a little bit once I realized, okay, this player is starting off. It won't be so fun to really steamroll them. And I was believe I was helping helpful and gave some advice and we kept it close and so forth or at least it i hope it felt that it was close to the uh, f for for him and then in the end i ended up winning two to zero but i hope uh he learned the cards a little better and uh he applies uh his experiences to future uh to future games so shout out to branson in total then i went two and two i'm happy with that it was a cool event at 138 Comics. I do have a video where I break down my pre-release, so check out my YouTube, youtube.com slash vmcomposjr, to see the, the full deck list uh, visually. But here's what it was. I had three Planeswalkers, Teo, Kaya, and Ugin. This ended up being an Orzhov deck, so it was really cool that I could play Kaya since she's uh, Orzhov mana, white or black, but with a Boros deck, I had the white mana. Ugin was great. I was able to exile things that were problematic a couple of times. Six casting costs, so I had to uh, not struggle, but you know, I had to really get to that in order to, to, to do well. Creatures, 13 creatures, two Grim Initiates, one Martyr of the Cause, one War Screecher, one Tomic, one Oncrop Invader, two Makeshift Battalions, two Trusted Pegasuses, one Goblin Assault Team, one Enforcer Griffin, and one Sunblade Angel. So that was the curve. Some good stuff early on. The Initiate, one one with with first strike, a war screecher, a 1-3 in the air, or was it a 1-2? Tomic, a 2-3 in the air for two mana. You have to have double white, however. Uh, goblin assault team. I love those little guys. It's a 4-1 with haste. 
Um, and it's so fragile, but when it dies, it gives a plus one to something else. And one of the most powerful things was the Sunblade Angel. 3-3, three, three, flying, vigilance, first strike. I think it even had lifelink. And um, six mana, so you had to wait to get to it. But when it got there, it was like really strong in the air. 3-3, three, three, first strike, vigilance, amazing. Instance, one Samut's Sprint, one Chandra's Triumph, two Jaya's Greeting, one Topple the Statue, one Heartwarming Redemption, and one Sarkin's Catharsis. So a little bit of damage, a little bit of card draw, a little bit of disruption and removal. It was fine. And then land 17 of them, nine planes, eight mountains. Easy. And with that, I went two and two. You know, for consistency, perhaps a little bit more removal... Maybe a few more creatures. I only managed to get 13. I would have liked to have been at 16 or 17. Planeswalkers were useful, I think. Teo made me some shields. Ugin, exile things. Kaya, exile things. Uh, Jaya's greeting was nice. Topple was useful. Heartwarming redemption, in theory, is cool. Uh, discard your hand and then draw one plus the number of cards you discarded and then gain life. It was it was useful. At one point, I ended up drawing five. Now, that was against Billy the Kid, so it didn't fully help me, but it replenished my hand pretty well, and it uh, held off a little bit more, but his Planeswalkers was just so good. Other cards that I cracked, uh, some of the valuable cards. I got a Liliana's Triumph. It's about a dollar. I got an Arlen Cord uh, pre-release Planeswalker, so it's maybe three bucks, nice and shiny. I got a Museum Tank. It wasn't that valuable, but, you know, nice and shiny. I got a Tamiyo in foil, so it's about three bucks. Really, really nice foiling. I got a Ronas, so one of the God Eternals. Not the best one, about seven bucks. I got that Ugin, like I said, it was seven bucks. And then Blast Zone was the most valuable card. $8. I saw at least one person, like I said, that got a Nicol Bolas, uh, what's it called, Nicol Bolas, Dragon God Pharaoh, or whatever, and that's uh, getting good in value, uh, second most valuable card in the set at the moment, and uh, Liliana has uh, become number one at the moment. Don't think I saw anyone uh, crack uh, her card. So that was my 138 Comics pre-release experience. Overall, pretty fun. RIP 138 Comics. For actual release day, I didn't get anything. Um, I, uh, I, I I ordered online from Card Kingdom and bought the bundle. So I'll talk about that in a bit. So I didn't do anything for the actual release date. But what I did do is I bought uh, three boosters of War of the Spark the other day, and I released a video. Check it out on YouTube. My Crack-A-Pack. I open up uh, three boosters of War of the Spark. Didn't get anything that valuable. And I'm still early in the collection, so I don't have anything for a relevant deck yet. But as usual, I'm trying to collect the whole set, so I'm getting there. I got some fun Planeswalkers so far. Ugin, Teo, Kazmina, Tybalt, Arlen, Tamiyo, Watsli, Kaya, and Samut. I need to make a Watsli and Samut uh, tribal deck. Wait a minute. No, I need to make a Watsli and Sahili deck. Uh, they're BFFs, aren't they? So that'd be a fun deck. Um, I got a Crunch Wrangler, but I didn't get the Crunch. What's it called? Slobbering Crunch? Thirsty Crunch? Rabid Crunch? Whatever. So I'll get those two buddies together and put them into a fun deck. And I got the Parhelion 2. I didn't uh, open Parhelion 1 yet, but I'll keep my eye out for it. Jokes. That card is crazy. Eight mana for a huge flying vigilance creature that makes angels every time it attacks. Amazing. 
So check me out on Twitter and YouTube and, and such uh, to keep up to date with how my collection's going. Lastly, I'm going to do my usual Planeswalker upgrade videos. These videos are focused on beginner players. Uh, so we take a Planeswalker deck. We've got Gideon and Jace to look forward to, and I upgrade it. Now, I do my upgrades in a couple of specific ways. I do only the current set-in-question cards. So these will be only War of the Spark cards that I'll use for the upgrade, because obviously you can get any single card that exists in the whole breadth and depth of magic and upgrade it to something amazing. But newer players, if they get a Planeswalker deck, probably have newer cards. So I'm going to focus on that. Also, newer players probably have a lot of commons and uncommon cards. And as per New World Order, a newer player understands how magic works first via the commons and uncommons. So I'm going to be upgrading the Jace deck and the Gideon deck with commons and uncommons from War of the Spark only. Now I will have like a separate section of the video where I talk about big money upgrades and so forth. But you can uh, look forward to that very soon. Probably Monday after this episode, if you're hearing it on the release day of May 10th, then you can look forward to it on, on May 13th. And if not, whenever you listen to this, it should be out. So I'll talk about upgrading those Planeswalker decks. I have them in my possession because, like I said, I bought the bundle from Card Kingdom. Don't forget to use affiliate code GLHF. Shout out to Good Luck High Five, my favorite magic podcast. I bought the bundle, which included one booster box of war, one booster bundle of war, one of the Jace Planeswalker decks, and one of the Gideon Planeswalker decks. So I'm going to get a bunch of cards. I'm going to hopefully get pretty close to completing the whole collection of 264 cards. And then I'm going to have a bunch of cards in a pool to upgrade the Jace and Gideon decks. And then I'm going to sell back any duplicates and valuable cards. That's my usual strategy when a new set comes out. Buy the bundle, make some fun decks, upgrade some Planeswalkers, complete a collection, sell back the cards that I don't need. As for the Planeswalker decks, taking a quick look at them, kind of interesting. Gideon's deck is an Orzhov deck. I don't equate uh, black with Gideon, but I guess because he's got black blade, it kind of fits. And what I see is that, you know, it's the Gideon Oathsworn Planeswalker, six mana. You can put plus ones on creatures that attack. You can make Gideon into a uh, into a 5-5 a five, five attacker, you can then exile Gideon and all your opponent's creatures with minus 9. Spoiler alert for the story. You also have a Kaya Planeswalker to exile things. Now this is interesting. You've got an Ajani's Pride Mate, three of them, and a Charmed Stray, four of them. So you got a little life gain action going on there. Uh, Enforcer Griffin, nothing to write home about. Vampire Opportunist, um, that's probably one of the ones I'm going to cut right away for 7 mana. Each opponent loses 2 life and you gain 2 life. That's not going to play well with the Pride Mate, so that's probably going to go out. There's a Cruel Celebrant, 3 of them actually, so perhaps this deck can go towards Aristocrats. 
you've got an Abnixilis's Cruelty, uh, three exclusive cards like Desperate Lunge, Instant for two mana, target creature gets plus two plus two and gains flying, and you gain two life. So that might synergize with Pride Mate, and the art on that is pretty cool. Oath of Kaya, deal three damage, gain three life, and you get a kind of a cool effect when uh, players attack your Planeswalker. Uh, the Oath deals damage and you gain life. You get some guild, uh, Orzhov Guildgates, and it's a sort of an aristocrat, sort of life gain deck that I'll be working on to improve uh, when I do my Planeswalker upgrade videos. As for Jace, it's a Simic deck, which is interesting. So you also have Kiora, Behemoth Beckoner. Uh, you draw cards when you bring out big creatures. So this is really interesting. Jace in Simic, and there's a bunch of big creatures, such as a Primordial Worm, only one of them. Uh, a Bioessence Hydra. Okay, this one's a really cool card. It gets uh, plus one, plus one. It's a 4-4, four, four, and it gets plus one, plus one for each loyalty counter on your Planeswalkers. You've only got two Planeswalkers, but Kiora is uncommon and only three mana, so you might be able to get her out and make your essence huge i saw people making that bioessence hydra uh really big during the pre-releases it's really epic dam breaker to help you proliferate bloom hulk i love this little common four mana four four uh then you proliferate so i'm probably going to put more ramp to get to the bigger creatures you've got uh, a new horizons but we also have some other mana dorks that we might put in there and see how we can improve the jace deck so again, both of those are coming soon. Check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash vmcomposjr, to see those eventually and get some strategy to upgrade those decks. So to recap my War of the Spark, events were pretty cool. I streamed in the early access streamer event thanks to Wizards. I won about 44% of the time. I went to 138 Comics and did a pre-release, 50% uh, win rate there. I've cracked a few packs to start to complete my collection of War of the Spark. I have a bunch of cards to open up to do some Planeswalker upgrades and other fun decks. And as usual, I'm doing a lot of Arena. Winding down, you can find me over at patreon.com slash vmcampos if you like my content. Contributing a dollar a month is really helpful. It really keeps me funded, keeps me motivated, really helps out the podcast. You'll get exclusive stuff there. Patreon.com slash VMCampos. I'm also on Twitter, twitter.com slash VMCampos. Follow me there. I post a lot of fun stuff there. I'm on Instagram, instagram.com slash VMCampos. You'll see a lot of great photos of the rain in San Diego. Well, this has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena.